We're going to continue tonight, Saving the Saved. And, you know, earlier in the year we had a uh, series called Saving the Unsavable and we got to preach and about and share our stories about people that had a story that was so far away from God and then a moment happened where they met Christ and then their lives drastically changed because of that. And I was um, privileged enough to share my story in that time. And But as we were doing that, I was chatting through with Anna and Anna's story is so different to my story. Anna grew up in church. She grew up in a Christian family. And I started to think, you know, everyone has to have a moment where they decide to follow Christ. And for me, I have that clear reference point in my life where I was like, I was like this, I met God. And then I was like, bang, I'm changing. You know, I'm, I'm shifting from where I was. And, but Anna's journey was so different from that because she grew up in church. Like you, you become familiar with church and in all the aspects of church, you know, and, you know, coming to church, worshiping, praying, reading the Bible, listening to preaching, knowing when to say amen, knowing when to lift your hands, knowing when to, you know, and, and it can be a journey because that doesn't necessarily mean you're in a relationship with God, right? So I love that we're going through this series, Saving the Saved, and looking at the six aspects out of First John that uh, is a fruit of salvation because each one of us, regardless of how we grew up, what family we come from, uh, or our backgrounds, have to have a moment where Christ becomes king, Christ becomes saviour, Christ becomes the Messiah. So we're going to continue tonight, and I have the second sign out of 1 John chapter 5, verses 1. And it says this, it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. Let me just pray for you guys as we start. Lord, I just thank you, Father, tonight, God, that you will continue to help us reflect on our own lives as we go through this series. Help us to grow in you. Help us to understand your word. Speak to us through your word, Lord God, and help us to understand the true meaning of salvation, Lord, and the true fruit that should come into our lives, God. Lord, I thank you that you're a good God, that you love us, and that you're for us and be with us tonight. Amen. Cool. So I'm just going to focus on the real first part of that verse where it says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And it's really interesting because believe, the word believe pops up a lot in the Bible, and it's really crucial to our walk with God. So, and I think that believing in our minds, is a simple thing. Like we say, I believe in something a lot, right? And I'm just going to share a personal story with you to help illustrate this. Anyone who knows my wife, my incredible wife, uh, or follows her social media accounts, would know that she loves going to the gym, right? She believes that working out is a good thing for her life. She believes that it will have health benefits for her, that it will help us stay fit and nimble, chasing two young boys and husband around. She believes that it will help her age well and stay healthy, right? So, and because she believes that, she's willing to pay the price of what it takes to make that happen, right? So that means every morning, getting two boys up, one and three, 
getting them changed. And I know you guys have probably seen Taj up the front worshipping and you're like, how could that boy do anything other than be angelic, right? <laughs> right? Well, there's moments, all right? There is moments. And it's not easy. Like, she gets them ready. There's breakfast. There's fighting over toys. There's getting in the car. There's driving to the gym. There's putting them in crèche. And then all that for half an hour in the gym because one of them's got to come home and sleep and the other one still wants to be up and then they probably don't nap anyway and then it's fighting. And there's a price to pay for her to follow her belief, right? Okay, cool. So we've got that. If you ask me if I believe that going to the gym and working out is good, I would say yes, I believe that. I believe that going to the gym is a good thing. I believe that working out is a good thing. I believe that it will benefit my health. I believe that it will help me age well and gracefully. And I know some of you are shocked now that you probably think I do go to the gym and I do work out. You'll find out soon if I do or not. And I would say I believe all those things. But when it comes to actually going, I don't go because I'm not willing to pay the price of going to the gym and working out, right? So I can agree with the statement that I believe that working out is good for me. I can say that and I can convince you of it. I can act like I want it. I own Nikes, all right? I got a pair of runners. I got gym shorts. I got a singlet. I can wear it all but not go, right? because I'm not willing to make the sacrifice needed to actually follow up my belief, okay? So it's the same with this word here, believe. When it says everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, isn't just a mental assent that Jesus is the Christ. I can do that. I can say, hey, I believe that he's the Christ but there's no fruit in my life that shows that, all right? So we understand there's a sacrifice that takes place there. So that was my first point. My first point is, what is belief? And the Greek word here is pistu. Pastor Eric, was that good? Got it? Nailed it. Cool. And it means, okay, it means believe. It means commit unto, commit to trust, be committed unto, be put in trust with, be committed to one's trust believer, all right? So it's, it's more than just lip service. It's more than just saying that we believe, all right? And it's the same word that, uh, or the same idea that we're out of James 2, that James says it, faith without deeds is dead, okay? Cool. So my second point is there's a cost of belief. Okay, so in here we, look, we see that Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God. So in this context, and when I just talked about Anash, there's a cost to what she believes, right? There's sacrifice that she makes. She works her world around to make that a priority. And it's no different with this. And no different with, in this context, John was writing, it was to Christians. There would have been two types of Christians. There would have been Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians in this area. And Jewish Christians, to say this, to believe this, came at a cost. They were saying that everything in pretty much this half of the Bible was pointing to this. When they said Jesus was the Christ, Christ means anointed one, Messiah, in the Jewish terms they were saying that 
He is the one that the prophets have been speaking about, that Moses spoke about, that has been written about, that we've been waiting for. And to say that costs them a lot because Jews to this day don't believe that Jesus was the Christ. They're still waiting for the Messiah to come. So when they said that, they brought persecution onto themselves. They brought, uh, you know, families would have been split. It came at a cost, right? So believing came at a cost. And then the other side of Gentiles in this time, believing came at a cost of, of following their own desires, following themselves and what they wanted to do to make themselves happy, to to give up their dreams, their desires, their self. And it comes at a cost to put Christ as number one in your life, to put him as Messiah came at a price. And I love this if you turn with me to Matthew 19. And this is Jesus. And I think this speaks to us in our society that we are so focused on our happiness and our comfort. And I love that Pastor Dan preached a message and talked about the the idol of happiness or comfort. And it can hold us from giving it all to God. And when we keep continuing looking at ourselves and we live in a society that we, we have everything now, we can have whatever we want. And I believe this really speaks to us. And it's Jesus talking to a rich young man. So it's Matthew 19, verses 16. It says, now a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? I love that. That's such a, such a thing that I think, I, I, I read these and I often try and think and put myself in there and think, would I ask that question? And put myself in, the, in, in their shoes. And I think, what, what would that question be now? Like, and we'll come back to that. He says, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. And then he's like, okay, cool. Commandments, sweet, I can do that. He's like, which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honour your father and mother, and love your neighbour as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect... Go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away and set, went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle for than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Don't you love Jesus' statements? Like, <laughs> who's going to sit there and be like, it'd be easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle? And disciples must have just looked at him sometimes and just like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, John, are you serious? Are we going? We're still going? We're still following? Yeah, we're still, okay, cool. We're going. Let's do it. We're in. Camel, needle, we're going. We're doing it. But, see, Jesus doesn't want to, when he's, when he's talking, right, Everyone who believes Jesus is Christ, that word is Jesus was your Messiah, your Savior. He's becoming number one in your life. And this is, Jesus cared so much about this rich young man that, you know, he didn't just want him to be doing stuff for him or proving himself and his own self-worth and being self-righteous. He wanted him to give it all away and trust him. 
And that's, that's a picture for us today. Like, it's so easy to, I wish it was easy enough to come to church. And I feel like that question today, for like, hey, Jesus, what is it we need to do? And it's like, hey, hey God, yeah, Jesus, I, I was here. I was here at 10 a.m. Did you see me? I was here. I brought my kids. You know, I didn't really hear much of the service because I had my kids there. And then, but I'm back again, two services one day, Jesus, nailing it. I, I get to the prayer meeting. Yeah, I, I gave some money, you know, vision builders. I was there. I was at the dinner. I gave my money. I'm ticking the boxes. I must, that must be enough, right? Right? <laughs> like, and he's like, hey, no, it's not about that. I want, I, want, I want to be number one. I want to be number one in your life. I want your whole heart. I want everything you've got. And that's that moment that we're talking about, what, who is born of God, who, puts, who's, who realizes that Jesus wasn't just this natural man, but he became the Christ, the anointed Messiah, the Savior of the world, the forgiver of sins, took your sickness, took your pain, gave hope to the hopeless. He became that, and he becomes number one in your life. It's, I'll give anything away to follow you. I'll give all the riches in the world. It doesn't matter if I've got nothing or I've got everything. You become one. It doesn't matter, you know, what my life is, what my plans were, what my desires were, and I would give them up to follow him. And that's where Jesus wants to take us. And that's what this decision is. This believing on this decision, believing on Christ, is not just this moment of just mentally thinking about it or agreeing with someone's statement. It's you understanding that he wants your life. He wants everything of you. And I wish it was easy enough to just turn up to church and do that. And... You know, I heard this statement once that, you know, Christianity is not, it's not complicated, but it's not easy either. So it's simple, it's simple things, but it's not easy to do all the time. It's, 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 it's a decision every day to keep putting Christ back in his rightful place. And my last point tonight, if you turn with me to Matthew 16 is what do you believe? Because it all comes down to what you believe as a person. And you, know, you may have grown up in a, in a Christian family. You might have been like me and didn't grow up in a Christian family or, or straight away and, and done a journey, but it all comes back to what do you believe. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what Pastor Dan says. It, all matters what you who you say Christ is and Matthew 16 13 to 18 and this is Jesus talking again he says when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is they replied some say John the Baptist others say Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets but what about you he asked who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I love this. 
I love it. And I was thinking about this and just dwelling upon this for this past week. And I find it really interesting that Jesus picks his time to ask his disciples, who do you say I am? Who do the people say I am? Like he didn't ask them, he didn't meet them the first time when they were down at the lake and was like, hey, before, before you follow me, who do you say I am? He didn't ask them then. You know, he didn't ask them at the start, like expect them to know then. And he didn't wait till the end on the other side, like, hey, I've I'm died, I went to the cross and I'm rose again, I'm back. Who do you say I am? You know, because that would be a lot easier, right, on the other side. But it's like smack bang in the middle. It's like in the second year of his ministry and he's stopping at this point and just saying, hey, who are the people saying I am? And I've and I done a bit of research and the ones that are recorded, there was 24 miracles that happened before this point. They were on a journey with God. They were on a journey with Jesus. And then he stops in this moment and says, hey, who do you say I am? And let me just read out these 24 miracles. One, Jesus turned water into wine in the wedding in Cana. Two, Jesus healed the official son at Capernaum. Three, Jesus drived out evil spirits from a man in Capernaum. Four, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Don't know if Jesus, uh, Peter saw that as a miracle or not. <laughs> Five. <laughs> I love my mother-in-law, babe. She's awesome. Jesus heals many sick and oppressed at evening. Six, first miraculous catch of fish. Seven, Jesus cleansed a man of leprosy. Eight, Jesus heals a centurion paralyzed servant at Capernaum. Nine, Jesus heals a paralytic who was let down from the roof. Ten, Jesus heals a man withered with a withered hand. Eleven, Jesus raised the widow's son from the dead. Twelve, Jesus calms a storm on the sea. Thirteen, Jesus casts demons into a herd of pigs. Fourteen, Jesus heals a woman in a crowd with the issue of blood. Fifteen, Jesus raised Jairus' daughter back to life. Sixteen, Jesus heals two blind men. Seventeen, Jesus heals a man who is unable to speak. Eighteen, Jesus heals an invalid at Bethsaida. 19, Jesus feeds 5,000 plus women and children. 20, Jesus walked on water. 21, Jesus heals many sick as they touch his garment. 22, Jesus heals a Gentile's woman, demon-possessed daughter. 23, Jesus heals a deaf and dumb man. 24, Jesus feeds 4,000 plus women. Then he goes, hey, you've seen all this. All this has happened. All these people were following him, not just the 12 disciples, crowds of people were gathered around him, trying to follow his every move. And he stops and he says, hey, all this has happened. Who do the people say I am in this moment? And they're like, well, they're, they, they're saying you're like a prophet. You could be a dead guy that came back to life. And, or maybe you were Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so they were like, you know, and then he, then he just switches it, bang, and says, hey, who do you say I am? And that moment, Peter pipes up, and he's like, hey, I think I got it. <laughs> I figured it out. And he's like, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. 1 John 5, 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. All right, he got it. He realized it. In that moment, it clicked and came to pass for him. And then I love his response. I love 
Christ responds. He's like, on that rock, on that revelation that I am the Messiah, I will build my church. And why is it, why is it that he'll build his church on that? Why is it that that's the environment that Christ needs to build his church is that when someone gets it, when someone understands it, that he's the king, that he's Messiah, and they put him number one, number one in their life, they get that it's all about helping other people to come into the, come into the experience that they've just experienced, right? So that's why he's like, I can build my church on it. And we sit here today because people keep getting it. You know, people keep getting it for the last nearly 2,000 years and we're standing here today and you know what? We need to get it. We need to understand it and that it's not just this, I like the idea of church, I like the idea of being a Christian, I like the idea that Jesus was a good man that paid for my sins and gave me a ticket to heaven. It's much more than that. Though that's all part of it. And yes, we're going to get to spend eternity with him, but he's got a plan right here and now for all of us. And what I'm talking about about youth earlier is that we want kids to get it. Because I know once they get it, they're going to go back to their high schools and other people are going to get it. All right? And, and it all comes down to a moment that, and you could be sitting here and maybe you're sitting with those guys and you could have been sitting here for 20 years. You could have been sitting here for three years, two months, one week could be your first night. And you could be with those guys that are like, hey, when Jesus said, hey, who do they say I am? You know, and you could be like, well, you know what? I've been coming to church for a while. I've heard people talk about, thanks, son, killing it. <laughs> you know, you could be on that journey where you're like, you know what? I, I did come to Vision Builders. I've heard the amazing stuff that's going on with people that are getting it. You know, I, I've heard about... Uh, cancer being healed in the church. I've heard about the, the, the once a month Friday service, people getting saved. I heard, you know, Lee's testimony a couple months ago where she was one way, then met Christ and, and her whole life changed. I've, I've heard about Pastor Dan preaching about this Jesus that come to, that's a good God and for me and loves me. And, you know, I've heard about it. And, and you know, tonight, tonight could be your night where it changes and it's like, it's not about what, what we're saying about him. It's not about what anyone else has said about him, but who do you say he is? You know, who do you say he is? Is tonight the night that you move from just a mental thought of this Jesus that was a saviour, the Messiah, the king, to he's your king, he's your saviour, he's your Messiah. I'm going to put down my desires, my whatever it is that's captured my heart I'm going to give my heart to him tonight and put him in number one position because that's what this is when it says I those who believe that Jesus is the Christ it is putting him at number one and those people are the people that are born of God and those it's not being perfect you know Peter wasn't perfect from that moment he he denied Christ and even after Christ was gone he had struggles with establishing the church and there was moments of wavering and but that's not it he never he never got knocked out he never gave up he every day kept getting up like putting you back on the throne I'm putting you it's not my desires it's not myself and those are the people that are born of God you know we're not perfect by any means but we keep putting Jesus in his rightful place and trying to get ourselves 
out of that place and, you know, you give up your dreams, you give up your desires and the best thing is you come into line with Christ and he gives you new dreams and new desires and it's all wrapped around helping other people find their dreams and desires in God.